0: Uh, what's up ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of the real estate marketing dude podcast folks we got a very interesting gentleman on the um, show with us today um, I don't want to call him the jack of all trades I just want to say this dude is fucking smart um, <laughs> and one of the things that we need to do right now in this market is be smart uh, some of the things you guys did 12 months ago don't work anymore as you have and I've seen a lot of the lead buying Uh, teams and formations, Um, you know, when the market shifts the way it does, so does lead generation. And it's very hard to anticipate um, positive ROI and anything that you're throwing out there right now because consumer habits are changing with interest rates high and whatnot. And now we just saw a forecast that just came out yesterday. That doesn't look great, um, at least for the real estate market, or seeing interest rates come down. Now, what does that do? Well, here's the reality is that 90% of you guys in the business right now have never experienced any kind of shift. Um, Before, And I don't say that as like a a way to down talk towards you. I'm saying that this is when you need to get out, open your eyes because most of the mentors that you have in your life right now, they haven't been through the same fucking thing either. So you need to actually look outside your box and look for people that um, really have been there before and can see the light at the end of the tunnel because the reality is, again, is that most of the people you're looking up to now don't know what to do next. Um, So this is going to be a very interesting show. And I don't even know what the hell I'm going to call this show because he's got so many different, Things to talk about. But this dude has been, uh, I mean, he's just a killer. I'm going to let him introduce um, himself to you. Just recently exited out of his tech company for over $100 million. Like, so this guy knows what he's doing. And what he's doing now with all of those profits is even more admirable because he's reinvesting back into his company. And we're going to talk a little bit about that too philanthropy and how you could tie that into your real estate business. Um, and whatnot so without further ado I don't want to take any more time Ross Hamilton why don't you say hello to our guests or to our listeners why don't you tell them a little bit about
1: who the hell you are where you're from and let's get into this hey Mike thanks so much for having me here and I'm really excited to speak with your to speak with your audience because right now there is a lot of change and the most important thing is to um, welcome that change and be excited about it because that's when money is made we're kind of in this weird puberty phase right now to where we're getting some of the negative aspects of the change and you haven't really seen the positive aspects yet but i'm telling you there's whole new real estate industries that are being created new opportunities that are like just changing the industry at its core so mike was right if you grasp onto those old things you're going to go down with the ship um or you can kind of look at this as a chance to kind of like get on a UFO almost. I mean, things are changing at a rapid pace and that's when money is made. Um, my background and you know, the reason I'm going to be able to bring you value here is because I've had a lot of different um, vantage points. I've sat at the helm of one of the largest real estate investment groups online. I got to direct a, a data company for an $8 billion company that bought my company, not for a hundred million dollars. It's, you know, undisclosed, but you know, it was a really, really good exit. So I've, and I also started my real estate journey completely and totally both physically and financially broken Um, built it up using, you know, just hustle Rolled that money to start a tech company and then sold that tech company. And now I'm investing back into real estate. So I've, I've been a lot of different people, for a long time. I bought my first house right when I turned 19 years old, built up a portfolio of about 20, of, of about 50 properties by 23. And I was using the profits from my real estate business to start my, my technology company. So um, uh, I'm really excited here to, to dive in and provide as much value and insight as I possibly can.
0: I like it. I like it. And that's the topic of this show. Thank you so much for naming it for me. Change. What do you do? How do you adapt? I want to unpack all these different experiences you have one by one, because I think they're going to add a lot of value towards everyone. So folks, if you're on your treadmill right now, I want you to go down and get your pen because you're going to want to write some of this shit down. Um, first off, I want to just talk about the industry in general. Um, you have a lot of insight. You mentioned data. We got a chance to talk briefly before we uh, hit the record button here. And, um, you mentioned, um, with all of your experience in the investment world, uh, you have access to data from title companies. You, I have, I, I have access to that. I see bankruptcies are up, car loans are up, debt is up. It's the highest it's ever been. What the hell is going to happen? What, in your opinion, where do you think the opportunity
1: is going to be right now? That's a great question, and I am going to uh, respectfully not give a direct answer to that question because it is all the old models just aren't working anymore. It's people aren't having as many kids as they used to like all the old ways they used to forecast things are kind of broken right now it's why there's a lot of radio silence plus the upcoming election i mean gosh it's just going to be an absolute you know shit show for a little while but there is so much opportunity in that because when things are going well it's like traffic right you can't get in but now everyone's bumping around and there's the opportunity to get in, to take a dirt road. This is when things get shaken up. From a real estate perspective, you know I've always been a huge advocate of making sure you have a real estate portfolio of your own. I think it is far riskier not to own real estate than to own real estate. I understand every excuse people have on why they don't own real estate. I'm not talking about starting a huge company. I'm talking about adding a house every 18 months, every two years. The average American family, they have five or six houses paid off. You actually have a retirement, a real retirement that doesn't, that isn't tied to things. Um, but you're right. There's a lot of turmoil right now. I like to watch, you know, just how healthy jobs are. So that's still going strong, but if that starts slipping, then, um, That's like the first domino effect. Uh, Real estate is strong right now because of uh, Wall Street-backed style companies that are coming in buying real estate. They're screwing everything up, but they're also holding everything up artificially high. uh, And their appetite is still very, very strong because it is even at the high prices, Mike, it's like cheaper to buy a house than it is to build a house. So that's how these generational real estate investors think um so real estate is going to be held up by these big buyers but they could shift at any time
0: yeah they, they can't not not doing up. real
1: estate anymore and we're going to fire sale everything we have yep. um, that probably will happen at, at some point
0: <laughs> which then there's an inventory i mean they, they don't you guys we're talking about like the blackstones of the world and all the um hedge funds or whatnot. they have a lot of houses under their portfolio right now and if those ever got released back into the uh, public those are the absolute. Um, There's your inventory, but um, buying opportunities, you just mentioned something right now. um, And if you haven't been in this market, I'm going to give you my biggest mistake I ever made was in 2007, eight, nine and 10, we were doing 25 to 30 short sales a month. And I didn't hold any of them. I was just flipping them because I just wanted the money now. Right. And I, I, if I would have just looked back at that time and I was too immature, I was too undisciplined in my own um, business mindset at that time, I didn't have one. I was a punk kid making way too much money. And um if I was just done back, I mean, wow, what a different position I'd be in today, right? So you're gonna see a lot of those buying opportunities, I think, come up. Um, some of the data I'm seeing, I'd like to get your opinion on this, but I'm seeing um one of my old business partners owns a data company and he has a lot of seller lead gen oration. And um the data is the numbers are on the wall. The consumer debt is up. You could see people getting denied for credit card debts. That is a quick um you know, sim, whatever the word is, it's a s- indication. Right, that, that. People are looking at their house and the same thing's happening now in the mortgage space. Um, so what do you think is going to happen with that? Because the flip side of this, which is really, what Ross is saying he doesn't know what's going to happen is because people have never had this much equity in their properties and then been scrambling for cash at the same time. This has never happened before. That's part of the exciting part of it. So when Ross says that, I know why he says that. He's like, hey, dude, I don't, I'm not going to say what's going to happen because I don't fucking know. Um, reality is nobody does, right? What do you think? So do you think some good buying opportunities are going to come up um, for investment for people to start getting those portfolios because uh, that's that's where I'm seeing and that's my personal opinion. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's never been equity-rich, motivated sellers before. That's a really good way to put it. Back in 2008 or whenever it crashed, everyone was upside down. Um, But now people have equity, so there's new industries that are being created to tap into that equity. To tap into that value, people are buying people's equity now because uh, that is the real, the real actual value. So there is there are shifts happening, uh, but I don't see you ever doing twenty five short sales a year again. No, uh, it's never. It's not going to make it to the general public. Even me, yeah. right now, when I'm buying houses, I'm buying. Uh, last time I bought houses, I bought one hundred and seventy six at a time you know, I'll, I'll buy direct from the people that have that have the inventory all across the US. So a whole nother set of, of challenges. Um, but, you know, banks can't be real estate investors, but these Wall Street firms can. So they just they are out, you know, playing golf and being like, I got a billion dollars. Whenever you want to get letters, some of those assets, just just pass them over here. And you know, they don't they want
0: would... them to go public. If they do, it's going to hurt their value even more. I mean, and that's that's a big, that's a really crucial point, you guys. So here's what happened in, in the crash in the 8 to 12, call it. Um There weren't these big hedge funds. And if there were, they would have sold tapes. They would have sold the notes right off. Because what happened is that the more properties that went to the market at that time, the lower the values kept going because we just got flooded with inventory and people couldn't afford it. And no one was... Too scared to buy. In this case, um, I agree with that. I think they're going to go right to the hedge funds. If a bank has a distressed asset or portfolio of them, in this case, they're going to go right to a guy like Ross and be like, "Hey, bro, um, let's go do this with your foundation. Um, Let's get these off our books because these are toxic. And uh, why don't you take them?"
1: Yeah, no, it's it's happening. But what's exciting right now is you know interest rates were low. You can actually, you know, my my model when I first started is I would get creative seller finance deals from people to where I was able to get their old interest rates. So you can actually like go back in time. I have this like sales letter, the, the real estate time machine on how you can go back in time and get, you know, properties for low interest rates, l- low dollars by working out win-win situations with people that need to leave their, their properties and they need, they need some help. So there, there is opportunity out there. And as things get more automated and sterile, um, the human contact element becomes, becomes more, becomes more valuable. So some of the old school techniques, um, you know, start, start working again, but you have to have innovative solutions or package your solutions in a more, in in just a different way, yeah. uh, Which, which takes a lot of split testing and, you know, based on your market, all the markets are different, right? It's like asking me what, what's, what's the weather going to be tomorrow? What do you mean? The average of the United States, or are we talking San Diego or Asheville where I am? So the good thing is market by market.
0: Here's one thing that I've never, um, I want to unpack what you just said. Um, what makes you different? Like, I had a, I used to brand a lot of people. No one could ever answer that question. Like what makes you different, right? Let's let's get into a little bit of marketing. Um, And everyone usually answers that question around the lines of like, well, I'm going to look out for the best interests of my clients and I'm going to get them the best deal and blah, blah, blah. It's like, bro, that's your job. That's why they're hiring you. Like that's inferred. You don't need to tell me that's not a USP. That's not a unique selling proposition. What really makes you different? And he just said something. And I'm screaming this from the rooftops is that all of y'all are, whether you're a lender, whether you're a real estate agent, you're selling the same shit. You're, you're a commodity in the eyes of the consumer in most things. Like what makes you different? I believe that you're going to have to repackage your services right now. And this is the opportunity to do it because the one who is different will stick out. And that's going to be required, I think, to tread the waters here. And I want to give you a couple of examples um, over what I uh, mean by that. I believe the future with the lawsuits going on with NAR right now, I think something's going to happen to the buyer agent commission and everyone's going to have to restructure We're restructuring right now. Um, in, in our, for example, in, in the software we just released, we have an agent profit maximizer, and we believe that you should create ancillary income streams throughout other stages around the transaction. I'm talking about solar. I don't think you should be just a real estate agent and sell houses. I think you're going to have to be fucking Home Depot and service that person all the way through the lifetime of their ownership, meaning stay in touch with them. Um, I think you're going to have to get a a rental van, for example, and lease that fucker out and sell the ad space on the side of the truck. I think you're going to have to go out there and collect create affiliate agreements with different vendors who want your access to your clients. And you're going to have to become the digital mayor of your town and build a brand that can't compete with the big tech and the Zillow's of the world. Um, these are the opportunities I think Ross is sort of hinting at when we're talking about doing a lot of these things, because just think about it. That is the opportunity. That's the way that the business is going. I also think you're gonna need to buy an entity in your arm. I think you have to be the investor and pick off those deals instead of sending them to your clients, and if you look collectively, what that really is is multiple streams of income around home ownership, around uh, the property itself, right? And I believe that's where this industry is going, and that's where the opportunity is because everyone else, guess what? They're still just selling real estate.
1: Yeah, that was that was very well said. I liked a lot of what you said there. And think about the music industry, how that's that's went through quite a change, right? They have this three hundred. I had a music tech startup that that failed measurably due to licensing. Um, and I didn't realize all the laws I was breaking. Uh, that's that's another that, story. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, but you used to be able to just make music, put out your album, get your album sales. Now there's a 360 degree business in music to where it's all the merch, it's all the tickets, it's the live events. So artists are having to have multiple streams of income In different ways their music gets them in the door your listing gets in the door but then absolutely if you can take them through all the way you know going deeper is always better than going wider and you said something here i just want to define because i have been called the jack of all trades before and to me i'm like i am not the jack of all trades i do i'm vertically integrated within real estate I'm not doing real estate and, you know, my music startup, right? That was when I was in my early 20s, right? But like everything I did was to service my audience. I already had the audience. So you just bring them something else that they need. It's so hard to get an audience that nurturing that audience and doing those different things are huge. And, you know, as Mike's rattling things off, you could get a little bit of anxiety. You don't have to do everything. You just add one little thing that you're passionate about right? You're like sweet Uh, energy, solar energy. That's good. I'm going to be really good at that. And once you get that going, you add something else. Real estate is a stepping stone to whatever else you love in life. So it's like bring whatever, whatever else you love into the fold and you can create something really special there. But no, I love that. That makes an agent more valuable and you're going to use them over and over and over and over again. You have to pay for lead gen and you know, let's go right into
0: your foundation. This is a, I think this leads into like, um, so he's wearing, you guys aren't watching this probably on video, but he's wearing a shirt called saving homes. Um, He's giving back into, I don't know what the exact mission is. I'll tell you in a second, but um, I've always uh, I've branded and created content, video content for a lot of people that have give back brands. if you've been listening to the show for a while, you've probably seen, heard a couple of them on, uh, on our podcast. And, each time, I want to give you an example, and I want to go into exactly what he's doing, but people aren't going to hire you because of what you can do with your real estate license. They're going to hire you, you know, that just gives you the legal right to collect money with it. Well, they're hiring you because of how you make them feel and the impact you make during the transaction. And when you have a, a brand, and in this case, philanthropic, um, people will just use you regardless of what you charge. So I want to give you guys a couple examples. Every single person I've seen who've done this in the real estate space has completely dominated. And I don't think it's by accident. It's just a law of reciprocation. And uh, several agents will create a give back program. One would do 10% of every closing. One would sponsor a dog with every closing. One would give back to the Dog Foundation. But they would do a give back combined with their passion. And what ended up happening in every single case is that they just started attracting a lot more business and they identified their tribe. And it wasn't about, like, when you have a give back or a philanthropic program that makes a difference in the community, people don't care what you charge, okay? If I'm going to give back 10% to save horses and I'm an equestrian fanatic, well, I'm going to attract a bunch of equestrian people and I could probably charge them an 8% commission on top of it when everyone else is charging five just because I'm giving back 3% to a bunch of fucking horses and people will support your cause because that's just the way we're wired, so... Wow.
1: I also, want to go when you, through so when you're showing house on horseback, that would be pretty cool too.
0: That would be awesome. Be if you could just man. show up in a, in a buggy carriage, that would be a brand, but that's fantastic <laughs> marketing, agree. dude. Like that, that's exactly what we're talking about here. I think that's the type of experience that you have the opportunity to create. And the best thing about it is there are no rules. Um, it's whatever you want to do, but whatever you do should just be a reflection of your personal brand. Let's get into saving homes and see how you're doing this right now, because I don't even know what exactly you're doing. I haven't, I yeah. haven't, I I, have an, uh, an idea, but let's see what you're doing and let's see, let's unpack some of this stuff here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but I I just want to reiterate, if someone could actually show houses on horses, if it works for your area, you would shoot through the roof and how much fun would that be? Like if someone does that, let us know. Um, I want to buy my next house from you. So, you know, I made my first million in real estate, knocking on the doors, of people that were in financial distress. Um, I have taught people how to find motivated sellers. I became the data king in that that era. That was the the product I built within my tech company that we then sold. Um, And I realized that I was benefiting off other people's misfortune. I can justify it a million ways in my head. I was selling aspirin, right? They had a problem. I had a solution. And I always wished I could give back. But I couldn't at the time I started off completely, totally broke. So I always told myself, once I made it to the other side, I would help people with home ownership because of the generational impact it makes is just astounding. So what's, and also I wanted to solve some problems. If you're a real estate agent, you know, this, this is going to add up to something big for you. I, people want to, I want to give all the time, but I don't like putting band-aids on things. You know, I give, someone gets fed, they need to eat, don't get me wrong, but then they need more, more food tomorrow. I wanted to have kind of more permanent solutions. So what Saving Homes does, mission number one of a few, is to help people save the house that they're already in from foreclosure in a very unique uh, way to where donations live on forever. So you're talking about, Mike, like what, what makes, I had to think what makes my charity unique? So I came up with this thing called the generation donation to where when you make a donation to saving homes today, and there's someone about to lose their house like tomorrow, right? So there's always, always a good time to give. When you make your donation today, that money gets pulled together with other caring people. We save someone's home from foreclosure. Take in mind, 56% of foreclosures are because of some medical uh, issue, some unforeseen tragedy in someone's life. These aren't dirt bags. And we specifically focus on people with children because we're forget about their parents and their mishaps. Like children need a stable home. They need to have their best friend next door. They don't need to be moving into a rental, which they can't find in their school district and have to give away their dog and move in with their aunts. Like that's what's happening. So what happens is when you give the saving homes, we pull the money together, we stop the foreclosure. And that's gonna stop, that's gonna get them out of a rock and a hard spot that money gets recorded as a second mortgage with zero payments and zero interest. So it just sits there. Eventually, no pressure, when they decide to sell or refinance, either in a year or 50 years, the money comes back to saving homes and we can help someone else. So it's like the Energizer bunny of giving. Some people don't want to give donations, Mike, because they think it's all going to go to administrative bullshit. And they're not necessarily wrong. But with this, your donation Keeps giving and giving. So it's more than 100% over time. And because I've been, I understand how investors deal with people. We, our organization, helps people get the most they possibly can for their house when they're ready to sell, zero pressure. And there's all sorts of unique things. So we need real estate agents all around the United States to be the helping hand of that. So real estate agents can help in two ways. They can be a listing agent. Of course, we're going to we're gonna ask that as much money goes to the homeowner as possible. And also, if you know someone that's in foreclosure, you can send them our way and we can, we can help them because here's what happens. If your uncle, Mike, goes into foreclosure and he says, Mike, I need 10 grand to save my house. You don't want to give your uncle 10 grand. Is he going to give it to the bank? You have no way. And plus, it's not a tax write-off. If he goes to saving homes, you could donate to saving homes on his behalf. You get the tax write-off. And then we help facilitate, we stop the foreclosure. We, may, we give them uh, counseling on getting themselves stable. And maybe they need to sell, maybe they don't. But that's kind of the, the, the first mission of saving homes because the house that they're in is probably the most affordable house they're gonna find. Um, and then money keeps coming back. And uh, also, banks really want to give to this because the money is just going back to banks. So there's this, there's this huge win-win here to help people uh, save their homes. Specifically, people with children is who we help when we're pulling money together. But if you have a single aunt that needs their house saved, you can donate to her through Saving Homes. But we're helping children save their uh, save their houses. We're we're actually donating a house in a few weeks. And let me tell you, there's some super cool ways. To help people in um, on the nonprofit side, that I my mind is like completely blown. But high level, that's what we're doing. We have a dream team of people that are on the philanthropy side of their life, that are all helping um, on this cause. I think I, I think maybe muted.
0: So, yes, I was. Uh, you have Than Merrill up in here and a, t- a lot of big names um, are behind the scenes on this thing. Really good. Um, I'm looking on your website right now. Let me ask you a couple of questions about this because um, do you have a give back program for real estate agents? And why can't we do that?
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely something we can we can set up there. I am just now tipping my toes into the real estate agent side. So, you know, if you have ideas, you know, you can reach out to us right from savinghomes.org. If you want to be part of this, just let us know we're staffing up and spooling up uh, for November is when we're going to be saving our first, uh, our first house.
0: So question I have on after you save the house, if the person is in like dire straits, how do they
1: keep the house and what's the long-term plan there? I mean, the reality is some people will not be able to keep their house. We under, we understand that we have some really, uh, cause they just can't afford the payment today. They can't afford it tomorrow, but now we can buy them some time to where they don't have to fire sale it to an investor. Right. Um, because maybe you know they have a hundred grand in equity, investor gives them fifty grand, they have horrible credit, they have to give a landlord six months up front, like they have no money, their rents rise. It's just a recipe for disaster. So we might place them in uh, another house. We're gonna help them find another another property. But then a real Transition. estate agent, Yeah, a real estate agent will have to come in and help them sell the property uh there as well. We don't save homes twice. That yeah. is one we do. Like you got one shot here. We have a plan. You have an accountability partner. We're working you toward a solution. But Mike, one thing that I'm excited about that is probably more of a 2025 uh, initiative is people can buy pieces of the property. So their payment can go down. If someone can't afford 2000 a month, but they can't afford 12, 12, that's sick. You're in time. To share it out. An investor can come in and buy a percentage of the equity. Um, and then that homeowner would rather have, yeah. you know, so we in 0%. so we're working toward that as that all gets ironed out um and the for profit side i'm watching that helping advise some of those companies and then i want to bring it to the non non profit side um as well great job
0: i like it um yeah, i have a fun. couple uh, ideas for you i won't talk about right now we'll when we hit the stop record we'll we'll chat a little yeah. bit but yeah i want to um help and take part in this if i can and um put it with an so, our offering um Very, very cool. All right. Now, I I just want to talk about. All right. So let's just talk about how this brand is an example of something that somebody can go out and do. All right. And if you were to launch a philanthropic brand like this, like it's it's called saving homes. Right. And let's just say that the market does go into like turmoil and people start freaking out and whatnot. What do you think people are going to be looking to do? Who wants to be the Superman of real estate? Right. Put on a fucking cape go out there and help people. It, it's probably the most marketable thing you can do, but here's what happens realistically with philanthropic brands. The fact when you make it known with the client that you're working with, that client becomes a walking billboard for your services. So the 10% you give back on the first transaction, dude, you're going to get that back tenfold on the first referral from that client. And if you don't think the client's going to go out there and be a walking billboard and share your name with every fucking person they know, um, you're insane, then you have the wrong cause or you had the wrong client. It happens naturally, guys. People who are philanthropic for whatever cause, you end up building a tribe of people and then they become walking billboards for you. And that's why everybody who does any type of give back campaign in real estate always are like seven figure agents. It just never fails. I believe part of it's God's way of paying forward. I believe part of it is just a good, uh, you know, law of reciprocation, but all of it is goodwill. And the marketing of it is what I like the most because you just stick out and you make it different. So when you go to somebody and you're like, hey, what's the difference between you and the 1.45 million other real estate agents in your market right now? You're like, well, I actually give, well, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I'm very passionate about saving people's homes. And every time we save someone else's house from foreclosure, that's why I give back 10% of my commission to this program because I'm passionate about that. So if you're okay that I give back some money based on the relationship or the money I make from selling you a house, we're cool. That's such a different way to pitch it and position it. Like I'm like, all right, where do I sign? I don't need your fucking listing presentation at that point. I'm sorry. I could care less about what you're going to do for marketing and open houses you're going to have and all that other crap. I'm more concerned about, holy shit, this is a good person. I want to work with this
1: guy. Absolutely. And when you're saving homes, you're keeping home values up as well. So it's, it's really the ultimate, um, the ultimate win-win, whether it's saving homes or whatever it is you do. I would just say being authentic is really important. Yep. You know, you have to really care. People know when you really care and they want to help. Like I've started many companies to where I've had to grind and push so hard. And with this charity, everyone wants to make introductions. Everyone wants to help. People want to like lift you up in ways that, I, that just didn't happen. I'd have to know someone for like 10 years before I'd get an introduction to their most successful person of all time, right? Yeah. Uh, but now it's just happening naturally. Everyone wants to help, but they just, they get overwhelmed in the world with all of the things you could do, right? So just pick something and, that you care about. Horses, dogs, homes. I like homes because it's one of, it's food, water, shelter. Right, it's one yeah. of the primary needs in life. It's my love language, uh, is helping people get stable in their homes. When I sold, I bought, you know, a bunch multiple people in my family houses. You know, I pay people's mortgages for them. I give away houses now. I just want them to have that stability because everything can grow from there. It all starts with a home. Is uh, you know is part of our tagline. Very cool. So. Yeah. You guys listen back to
0: this episode. Um, So unpack like everything he's done um, from starting off as a lead generation data supplier. It's all real estate related, just different verticals of it. And he's stuck in his lane, Um, but his passion comes through. Um, I think you can tell um, by his dialect and his voice here. And honestly, that's what it, that's what it takes today. You got to just don't be scared to be you. Like if it's different, double down like, you know, everyone's like, oh, is, what are other people going to think? Who gives a fuck? right? Who cares what other people are going to think that when you ask yourself that question, that's when it says, yes, go for it. That's yeah. what the world's telling you when they're like, Oh, who? what are other people going to think? When I hear that? I'm like, Oh damn, I need to quadruple down because I know I'm on the
1: right track when it sticks out and it's different. And I would, uh, if I can jump in real quick, when I would work with investors and listen to all their, you know, just their self-limiting beliefs on why they're not doing something. I like to ask them this question, like they'd set their goal, right? Like I want to, have $5 million, like whatever the goal is. And then we would write the sentence down. I will do anything to achieve my goal. Just don't ask me to fill in the blank. Nothing unethical, right? What is the non-unethical thing you are unwilling to do to achieve your goal? Look at that because that is your life freaking lesson right there. And you just stare at that every day. And when you look at where you could be, but you're not willing to do this one thing, I'm not going to, do podcasts, or that'd be too much. And that's what's in your way. It's fun to start knocking those things down. There's always going to be a fill on the blank, but when you write it down, it looks so pathetic that you feel like that's what's stopping me. Cause I'm unwilling to spend an hour a day learning something or whatever it might be. So anyway, that's just a fun exercise because I hit plateaus and ceilings all the time and all the, the mind, you know, the, I, I, I'm always trying to trick myself into being successful, right? Uh, hypnotize myself. Yeah. So no matter where you are, you're always doing those exercises um, to push through. So anyway, don't use family as an excuse, and don't um, don't use anything that you put in that blank blank as an excuse. Once you have that filled out, you can get help to solve it. I like it, um, Ross. Why don't you go ahead and give me any any.
0: Final thoughts you want to show them where saving orgs at. Do you have a website for that? People can check out it
1: saving saving homes.org. It's it's up. There's new pages being added quite, um, quite, quite often as we're spooling up for our launch. And if you can't donate, listen, if you can just link to the website, like that stuff adds up over time. Like you can donate just a link. You can share it on social media, just something to bring awareness to this. As we, as we spool up, Um, if you want to help single parents, save their house from foreclosure. Uh, even just a link to, to the site would be great. And if you're a real estate agent or a brokerage and you want to do a give back program, which I'm just now starting to learn about over the last few weeks, that could be uh, huge across across the nation.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, man. Well, I appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing your insights. And folks, we appreciate you listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. Folks, you know where to find us. I want you to go ahead and check out our latest software we just released called Referral Suite. If you're stuck and don't know how to stay in front of your database, let us help make it easy, and we'll farm them for you. Direct mail, video email, and social media done consistently over time to the same audience is exactly how you build a brand that people know, like, trust, and more importantly, refer. Go to referralsuite.com, and we'll see you on next week's episode. Peace.